awesome. Hey, wonderful to be um, to be able to bring the word uh, today to you all, and uh, a real welcome to those who are joining us online as well as Deb said. And if there's anyone new who's tuning in today, massive welcome to you. And for anyone who's new who's in this room today, yeah, hearts uh, really. I hope you feel that the thrive hug this morning. It's wonderful to have you with with us here today. Um, I just like to pray before we just start. Um, Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for your word, uh, your word that's accurate, um, your word that's sharp, um, but not harsh, <laughs> your word that's full of grace and truth and light. And we, I just, um, we just give you this next, uh, this time with you, and we just pray that your word would, would, uh, and your spirit would just speak to our hearts. You just speak to us deeply, God, and we thank you for what you're, you're, who you're calling us to be in this next season and how you're calling us up in this hour, Jesus, as, as the church and as individuals, as families, God. And I just pray a real blessing over every family uh, represented at Thrive as well, God, from great-grandchild to great-grandchildren, uh, God. We just pray, Father, for every generation today that they would know your favor and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Hey, um, well, if you hate being in the dark, um, then London in 1939 uh, would have been really hard for you. Uh, before World War II began, London was preparing to stand against Germany. And um, to protect London, the, the British government had issued this edict to have every light turned out at night, and then eventually every light right throughout England uh, to be turned out at night. And this was simply for the fact that, that uh, the lights made it easier for the enemy aircraft flying with bombs to come in and bomb cities and locate, uh, locate uh, targets. So in August 1939, this blackout began in London, and then that continued for five and a half years. It's a long time. And so over that time, there were no street lights. Uh, blackout curtains were installed in your house. You had to watch where you're walking or you might hit a lamppost. Um, the only lights that you could actually see in London if you're out were uh, vehicle headlights, but they had these covers over them with slits so that the light would hit them and it would just, uh, you'd just see the surface of the ground in front of the vehicles. Um, and then maybe uh, you could, if you're out at night, you might see uh, one of the eerie kind of glow of one of the searchlights scanning the sky for a, an enemy aircraft. And and I guess, you know, the darkness of that time, it represented really the fear and hopelessness that must have seemed like it was never going to end for that nation over five years. And then it wasn't until April 1945 that, um, that full lights and lighting was returned to gain to the streets of London. And this was actually on the day that Hitler committed suicide, um, one of London's iconic treasures, Big Ben, was fully lit again. And that was five years and 123 days that they spent in darkness after that first blackout was imposed. And I was just thinking in the context of our struggle, you know, we're doing life as a generation, as a, a group of people moving through the world at this time. And it's good to remember about these generations that went uh, before us. And 
And, and it's good to remember that in, in regards to what we face in this time and in this season. And yes, we are navigating, a, a you know, like a global, there, it feels like a global darkness. There's kind of like this opposition, you know, the enemy doesn't, he doesn't want his church to, to arise and, and, and there's confusion, there's division and, and there's a war that Debbie was uh, is talking about earlier. And but I think today we need to remember as well that, that the Bible says that He is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And just as we get to go uh, underway today, I want to just share the beginning and the end, actually. Uh, a couple of scriptures here. First from Genesis 1. Um, it says this in the beginning. We, we love this in the beginning. And, and you might see this as a poem, or you might see this as literal. I lean towards a little bit more literal personally. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and then there was morning and that was the first day. You know, while the earth was still formless, it was then, it was that in that moment that God spoke light into existence from the darkness. Light was the first thing that God created. It was the first thing He created with His words that we know of. When God speaks, let there be light, He in this, in this passage, He's not referring to the sun and to the moon and to the stars and all the heavenly lights. He, uh, you know, that had to wait until the, the fourth day. It says in verse 3 of Genesis that it tells us that before these, before relevant chemistry and physics and, you know, that, that had been invented even, that light manifested, that before light made sense in our paradigm, there was light because God said there was light. And I believe that there's a profound truth in this, that the Bible's showing us that, that, that this light can only be His manifest presence arriving on the scene in the midst of darkness. This is His glory appearing. This was an alpha moment. And then when we look at, at, right at the other end of the Bible in Revelation in the last few chapters, a new heaven and a new earth is being revealed, a new creation to the Apostle John. This is the Omega, Revelation 21, verse 23. And, and, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. It's amazing. Revelation 22, the last chapter. There will be no more night. <laughs> it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a long day. They will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. He is the eternal light. You know, if there's someone today who's in a dark place and you felt like you're in a blackout season of your life, maybe you've been trying to pick up the pieces of your life and put it back together, but 
because you can't see, you don't know which goes where and, and, and what place and how, how it all fits together. But I believe that God is saying, let there be light over your life today. Let there be healing over your life today. Let there be order. Let there be a sense of purpose. Let His light shine into every dark space and place in your life. I just speak to depression and hopelessness to go in Jesus' name. To, to go, we just, we bind that and we say, let there be light with His emptiness. Man, that's, that's how it started, right? Where there was emptiness, God was like, well, I belong here. Where there's darkness, I belong here because my glory needs to create something. No more blackout. And let's believe that the season of darknessness, darkness is coming to an end. I just I invent new words all the time. <laughs> you know, our theme uh, this year for Thrive is, is let there be light. We believe that in, in all of our hearts that God is calling His church to shine. Isaiah 60, as Debbie already said, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people, but the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. You know, this is a prophetic charge that is given to the followers of Jesus Christ. We're called to be dawn breakers. Come on. We're called to be light bearers of His kingdom. It says this, actually, He says this in John 8 verse 12. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. How about you turn to your neighbor Turn to the person next to you, turn to your cat or your dog if you're by yourself, and just say, I will never walk in darkness. I will never walk, in, but will have the light of life. Come on, but will have the light of life. Come on, our, our planet doesn't need religion. It needs the light. It needs the light bearers. And I love this scripture because Jesus is saying, hey, whoever follows me, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Despite the darkness that might be around, that you might see in your peripheral, you'll never walk in darkness because you're following me. Do you know, church, we are called to be students of the light. That's what, that's what it is to be a disciple of Jesus, is to be a student of of the light. And, and, and we know, we don't have to, I don't have to try very hard to be a student of darkness. It just, somehow, it just comes naturally. You know, like hopelessness is always easier. To find the faults is always like obvious. You know, there's, there's always something that we could see that is wrong. It's easy to be a student of, a, of the darkness. There's something, you know, you can see things that are wrong in people, wrong in leaders, wrong about your life, wrong about the church, wrong about your family, wrong about your finances. You know, we could think that we're actually carrying the spirit of discernment, but it's actually not that. We've just, we're the student, you know, it's easy to be a student of what's wrong. But we're called to be students of the, of the light, you know, in this season. You know, we need to guard our hearts by making sure that we are not nurturing a critical spirit. That's what a student of darkness 
will do. If if we're attracted and drawn to darkness, we will miss the dawn of the light. We won't be looking towards the sun. We'll have our back to the rising of the sun and we'll be looking in the wrong direction. I want to encourage you, church, in this season to be looking for the dawn. It says this, David said this in Psalm 108, My heart, O God, is steadfast. I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp, and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. Students of the light are ones who awaken the dawn. Come on. We're the ones that are, we're meant to be up early discovering first light. I love this in Proverbs 4.18. The path of the righteous is like the first light of dawn, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. You know, I, I love the idea of dawn. and I'm not often up for dawn. I was thinking, amen, can I hear an Amen. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I remember one of my most memorable dawns was kind of around the big excitement of 1999 and and the dawn of 2000, of the year 2000. Come on, this is just like yesterday, right? And, and there's this whole, like the media's ramping up the Y2K thing and we're expecting like computers to go down and 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 and, and digital clocks were going to freak out and the microwave was going to like walk out the door it's gonna, everything was going to grow a mind of its own and we were preparing for the whole planet to go offline it was like we were going to have to have horses and carts and nothing that had any kind of electricity running through was it was going to work and so we um we spent that night um we celebrated the you know I remember celebrating that and and then we stayed up all night with friends playing Monopoly. <laughs> and that was a safe game. It was analog. The game couldn't, like, turn on us and harm us. And <laughs> we were just, oh, no, it was safe. And it was a long game. I probably earthquaked it at the end because I wasn't winning. Anyway, we were just waiting for the power to shut down or, or the, you know, something to go rogue. And, and it didn't happen, and nothing dramatic happened at all. And then we ended up going down to Wood End Beach at, at 4.30 in the morning. Did anyone else do something like that? Yeah, yes, I, I saw you there. No. Uh, we, but we went there because we went to awaken the dawn of this new millennium and to see the first rays of the sun. But when we arrived to Wood End Beach, it just started to drizzle. <laughs> Remember that? It was just like drizzly dawn. It was a drab, overcast arrival to the new millennium, and we hadn't slept at all, and we just went home and went to bed, you know. <laughs> Dawns are never the same. Sometimes it's hard to perceive the dawn, but, you know, above the clouds, the sun is rising. Above the clouds, and I think that's a word today for us, isn't it? Above the clouds, the sun is rising. You know, photographers, they love, you know, taking photographs at either end of the day, but, you know, they're drawn to the dawn as well. They can turn up the light sensitivity on their cameras so that before the naked eye can actually perceive light, the camera actually is registering light, first light. And I believe as students 
of the dawn, as students of the light, we have the privilege of awakening the dawn in people. Before others can perceive that there is first light, before they know that dawn is arising, a student of the light shows the dawn in others before people can even perceive it themselves. You know, when everyone else around us in the world, they can only perceive darkness. Come on, as followers of Jesus, we're called to see the dawn. We're called to see the light in Isaiah 58. I love this scripture. I read this toward in December last year, and I just wept as I read the scripture, actually. It says this, and this is like God's having a go at His, his people here. They're kind of stuck in religion. They're stuck in a form of godliness. They're, they're stuck in their ways of just trying to like go about what they think the right thing to do is to please God. And, and he says this, it is not the kind of fasting I've chosen. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Man, I love this because, you you know, we find our light as we show light to others. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Maybe, you know, we need to find our light. Someone needs to find their light by just simply being kind to someone else. Simply expressing what love looks like. And then in verse 10, I'm just going to jump, the, and it says, And if you spend yourself on, be, on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like noon day. Come on. Come on. This is the church. This is the church. We're meant to actually reveal light. Reveal to the darkness that there is light here in the midst. You know, in 2022, church, let's be the light. I love our our church values. We've got kind of four family values. We've got some other leadership values as well. But, you know, our first value was belong. We just want this to be a place of belonging. Our second is beloved. We want everyone to know they're loved and to encounter the love of the Father. Our third is to become, you know, we are to be disciples of Jesus Christ, to grow and change and, and engage in that call of following Christ. And then fourth is to be the light. In 2022, <laughs> come on, let's be the light. Let's be the light. This is our vision statement as a church. We see a church full of the love of Jesus, equipped with His purpose, transforming the world. And that's what light does. That is what light does. God is saying this year, let there be light to arise and shine, to be students of the light. And then our light will break forth like the dawn. You know, this isn't, I mean, I love the declaration of let there be light. That is powerful, isn't it? But we're going to be more than a declaration as well. We're going to do the light. (laughs) We're going to be the light. 
We're going to do what light does in this season. You know, before creation, when the earth was formless and void, it was, there was nothing going on. It was dark and empty. There was an absence of light. And maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online and maybe you're struggling with physical darkness. You're like, man, I just, it's so dark around in my life. I just, I don't have a clue. I just cannot see. Maybe there's mental darkness going on and you've got stuff from your past that's just clouding your your thinking and you're, you're struggling with despair. Maybe there's spiritual oppression and darkness. You know, this light is absent when there is darkness. And so I want to believe with you today that God's light, the light of Christ, is going to shine forth in your light today, that His manifest presence in this place of darkness, that His manifest presence would be, presence would be drawn to places of darkness. Come on, let's believe with people this year. Let's believe for those who are in physical darkness, spiritual darkness, mental darkness, that the Spirit of God would be drawn to those places of emptiness in 2022. Let's declare, let there be light. Let's stand right now in this place. Maybe actually if you're in your home and you're in a church gathering, just stand right now. We're just going to declare, I'm just going to declare some stuff here. Some let there be lights. And I just love you to come into agreement with this before we close today. All right. We just declare right now, let there be light in families. Come on. Let there be light in schools. Come on. Let there be light in towns and cities right across this, this nation and the world. Let there be light in communities where there is sickness. Let there be light. Come on. Where there is poverty. Let there be light. Where there is bondage, let there be light in Jesus' name. Where there is demonic activity, we speak, let there be light in Jesus' name. Come on. Let there be light. Jesus. Jesus. We just thank you that you are the light of the world. And maybe you're watching today. I just want to tell you <laughs> that Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way to the Father is through me. The book of Romans in the Bible says that those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And maybe you're in a place of darkness or you've never actually said, Jesus, come into my life like it's not complex. He's just, just asked for Him. Just ask for His saving grace. Ask for His help. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that He is Lord, that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. And maybe it's today is the day for you to call on His name. Right now, I want to stand with you if you're in that place where you just need to call on His name today. Reach out to Him. Maybe uh, today is a day for you to, to reach out to someone else. You can just, even right now, if you're watching uh, online, just, just reach out on, this, on the church chat. We'd love to connect with you and meet with you today. And as we come to an end um, of our time together, I'd just love to pray this blessing over you. Just get ready to receive right now. Maybe just lift your hands. 
I just want to, I love this blessing here. Thank you, Jesus. May the grace of God uphold you. The peace of God surround you. May the love of God shine through you and the strength of God protect you. In Jesus' name, amen.